podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It feels good to gift. So give your dad the One for All gift card this Father's Day and let him choose the gift he wants. With 100 plus brands to choose from and zero fees, there's no need to play the guessing game to show your appreciation. You know he'll get the gift he wants and making his day will make your day. Gifting feels good with the One for All gift card. Available in-store and at giftcards.com. See giftcards.com for terms and conditions. Welcome along to uh, Gallagher Shots podcast. Uh, my name is Emil Franchi, recording this from home right now, and I'm joined by Decker from the Always Smiling Faces podcast. Evening, Decker. Hello, mate. You're right. How's it going? Not too bad. C- cracking on. And uh, we've got a different Mark today. It's not Mark Walker. Uh, it's Mark Corby, who's uh, all things Newcastle. You might know the account NUFC nineteen eighty to nineteen ninety four on Twitter. Thanks for uh, coming on to do this, Mark. No problem, Jen. Thanks for the invite. Uh, well, um, yeah, we're going to talk about something that we're really, really keen to talk about today. It's more takeover stuff. Uh, can't get enough of it right now. And um, there's been one man who's kind of always been there or thereabouts with takeover stuff about what his comeback would be should Mike Ashley leave Newcastle United. And it looks like that is imminent now. So, Kevin Keegan, lads, what does Kevin Keegan mean to you? What does he mean to Newcastle fans? Oh God, where to start? Eh? Um, but if, if I'm if I'm being really honest, um, in terms of the the club itself, I am. Um, it's because of him why I started following the club. I know a lot of people would say, "Oh, it's your dad," and, and they tell you to support who it is. But I, I literally just fell in love with Kevin Keegan. Every time he used to come on the telly, I used to just be totally in awe of everything he used to say. I used to believe every single word that he used to say. Um, I can only imagine how a player must have felt when, you know, when he'd approach them and, and say, "Listen, do you want to join Newcastle?" And having five minutes conversation with him, he, he, anybody would want to join him. Um, and obviously, of course, you, you think of the football that we used to play. It was so exciting. It was so attractive um, to, to be honest as a, as a player obviously of course that was a little bit before my time so obviously I've seen footage of him but I, I, of course I wasn't really around then in terms of watching football but in terms of the early 90s when I really started getting into it, um, it I was just Keegan mad absolutely Keegan mad and I think the, the most important thing for me is it, it was when you used to hear him talk it was just you totally believed every single word that he used to say and I wrote that down actually in terms of being honest with the fans Keegan's kind of your main man for coming out of the steps and explaining why he's just sold everyone's idol in the form of Andy Cole Mark what about you mate I mean we've we've just mentioned there about his time as a player I know that Keegan's dad was quite keen that he would have loved to have seen him in black and white type things so c- can you kind of tell us a bit more about what he meant before the, the entertainer's years yeah, I mean, Decker summed it up lovely. I thought he took the words out of my mouth. He, I, I went before Keegan become a manager, but unfortunately, I missed him as a player. But as you all know, you know the, the nostalgia side of what what I do. Um, it, it's it's helped. It's enabled me to get the footage and you know get the books, do articles myself, um, and speak to the relevant people about it. So I think to summarise as, as briefly as I can. When I speak to supporters who were, went and watched Newcastle in the early 80s when Keegan was there, and when they pick their favourite moments of watching Newcastle, that is always up there with, with the best. You know, you, you can see entertainers years, you can see your time in Champions League with Bobby Robson, but to, to even consider second division football, as it was for two years when Keegan was a player, 
um, to even put that up there just speaks volumes for the man. I mean, you know, when he when he arrived, he was he was extremely sensible. Um, you know, he, he was he was on a report at two thousand pound a week, which was extortionate back in nineteen eighty two. But it doesn't just stop there. He was a very very sensible businessman. You know, you're talking about a player who was European Football of the Year two years in a row, and uh, he looked at it from a point of view. He knew what impact he would have. Therefore, he, he had a, an agreement with the, the board in place where you would get a 15% cut of any of the profits profits on any of the gate receipts. So whatever, whatever the average was, when he arrived, it jumped up by about 10,000 and he got 15%. You know, he was just a very, very sensible man. Um, some may say greedy in that respect, but for me, he knew how important he was. And um, as, as, a, as a player, come the end of his career, he always said it was going to be a, one last challenge for him. And, you know, God bless him, he's uh, he caught Trump's. And uh, I think that set the stone for, you know, for where he is now. He's certainly a bit of a character. You know, a lot of people go to these meet and greet things and Keegan's always got a story or something that Keegan does kind of seems to be the talking point of the night. Um, and obviously, when the takeover goes through, I'm sure that we'll be enticing the likes of Griezmann in with the ticket sales uh, going to his wages as well. Um, the Saudis will probably be taking a page out of uh, that Keegan's book. But... Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've kind of covered the, the two eras there. It's quite strange to think that Keegan had his playing and managing uh, career with such success. Shopping these days can be underwhelming, but at QVC, we believe those who love to shop deserve a living, breathing way to shop, where product descriptions are alive with demos by creators, chats with inventors, and hosts who know the most. From self-care and kitchenware to fashion trends and forever faves, at QVC, we bring life to products and products to life. Shop qvc.com podcast and use code QVC15podcast for $15 off $30 for new customers. This is shopping brought to life success or close as we could get to uh, with success but you know comparing up there with the names of like Shearer and stuff would you say that Keegan's probably had a bigger impact or would Shearer take the number one spot every single time not for me no it, it, it's Keegan's number one period yeah. um, touching on what he said about the Mark said about the European player I believe that he got it the year before I think and then he came to us the following year or, or certainly something very very close it was so you had the reigning European player of the year coming to us when we were in in, in the Mayas of that division, do you know what I mean? And, for and that was from Hamburg. Table, Hamburg, was yeah, it? Yeah, Hamburg, I. Um, and then, obviously, coming in as a player, eh, sorry, as a manager, you know, I just think, from to save what as a player like he did and then to come in as a manager in the times when we're you know the, the famous call with Sir John Hall in terms of, you know that there's only there's two people on the phone that can save each other and we're speaking right now type of thing and it was almost a bit like you couldn't write it if that makes sense like it's a bit far-fetched really you know what I mean you come in you had never managed anyone before he comes in um, you hear these type of conversations he's had with John Hall and the next thing you know we're, we're, the, we're the best in the country almost do you know what I mean it's like it's pretty I'm, I'm getting a bit elated now just even talking about them to be fair like I just absolutely love him so much I really do the effect on the fans is quite special. I mean, we, we saw the game against Stoke, the FA Cup replay, when he did make his uh, ill-fated return to Newcastle with Mike Ashley. But the turnout for that was was crazy. The amount of people who turned up to that game alone just to celebrate the fact that a manager was coming back who was, what was it, maybe like 10 years after since he left? And... Um, yeah, the excitement was there, Mark. I mean, looking at the looking at the nineties years, the entertainers years, I was too young for that. But is there a moment in that time 
maybe bar the um, I would love it speech that sums up exactly what Keegan was about. When you just look at the whole, the, the big picture, you know how, how many how many players you turn from second division footballers into internationals ultimately within within two years. I mean, you, you've got to look at the likes of Steve Howie for a prime example. He doesn't make many players, uh, many supporters shortlist for all time, uh, you know, best eleven, should we say? But you've you've got to look at the impact the likes of he had. He, he was he was a struggling centre forward. Ozzy had toyed with the idea of playing him at the back. Keegan, uh, to be fair, it was it, it was a little bit by a bit fortunate uh, fortunate that it happened because um, Kevin Scott got suspended towards the end of the ninety one ninety two season, and how he come in as his replacement, and he he never looked back from then. So you look at it from a point of view of he was nowhere near the first team. He came in as a centre half, and then within two years he was playing for England. Then when you add the likes of you brought Rob Lee in and said to him you'll be playing for England within a couple of years. You look at uh, Andy Cole. He was criminally overlooked as an England uh, player when he was at Newcastle, but ultimately got there in the end. Peter Beardsley, form of his life. He, you know he won the championship at Liverpool. He did well at Everton. Um, you know, but when he came to Newcastle for his sort of his comeback, so we say he was playing the best football of his career. And then when you when you also add that you know a favourite of mine, Barry Venison, Barry Venison coming as a right back, he then got shifted as a centre half. And then when um, he brought Darren Precock um, towards the back end of the ninety three ninety four season, but you know Keegan being Keegan went, ah, don't worry, Barry, we've got a place for you in centre midfield. Barry Venison was playing for England after about four or five games after playing in midfield. So you look at it from that point of view, that epitomised for me how brilliant Keegan was. It not only motivational, but getting the best out of players, getting the best out of players who were perhaps should not, not even being considered for England. But within two years of his management, we had four players around the, uh, the England team. And for me, we can talk all day about selective games or you know moments, but. I think that's big volumes. You got four players in the England team within two years. It's it's pretty similar to the way that people speak about the transformation that Benitez gave to a lot of players, the likes of Dummett, Lascelles, um, and how they started playing. It does seem to be that Keegan had a really close knit team around him, uh, and it was largely down to him. Do you think he often gets overlooked for his achievement, mainly because he, he didn't win anything? Yeah, I do, and, and sadly, I do. Yes, I think um, I know the game has moved on a lot. I mean, it was. A, we keep coming back to the entertainers era, and I think um, I've seen a few things on Twitter. I think if it wasn't for lockdown, I think some people might not even have seen some of the games because obviously, with Premier League years, it's been going around the mill every every couple of days. Um, obviously, we were lucky enough to be in that era in terms of. And I know Mark just mentioned the Robson era was fantastic as well. Of course, that was in people's minds. But that Keegan one was really, really special. And I hate the, the the fact that people say that he wasn't tactically great, and they almost sort of knock him down for that a little bit. And as if you know, he was just a man manager and he was good with his arm around you. I think that's a little bit harsh, to be honest with you. When you think what Mark's saying there about getting players tactically away, being able to you know change position, to have two and three different positions, and then play for your country. I think there's there's more than just putting your arm around you saying, "Oh, get get out there, lad, and do it." Um, so I do think he's overlooked a little bit, a bit harshly. I think personally. Uh, again, that has summarised it well. Uh, another example is Rob Lee. You know, we, we signed Rule Fox. He was a then record signing. We signed him as a as a right winger. Rob Lee was playing right wing and he was playing very well. What did Keegan do? Don't you worry, Rob. We've got a position for you as um, an attack and advanced midfield player. Rob Lee, okay, I'll give it a go. But within six months, I think he had scored something like twenty goals in as many games for Newcastle. 
you know, his record, Rob Lee, was is, was on par with Andy Coles. And like yeah. I said before, he was in the England team. And um, again, he had the he had the vision to look at Rob Lee and go right. How can we get a little bit more out of him and go mold, move them inside? And there you go. But, but you know, it, it's it's. I always say this, and I've spoken to Rob Lee. You know, obviously at Falklands and stuff. And I've said, you know, nineteen ninety four. You you were the best player in England in in that in midfield. And he, he's he's very like. You know, he doesn't take um, praise that well, Rob Lee, I think. But I think deep down he knows that he was, you know, he, Keegan just got the best out of him. And uh, again, it, motivation, yes, without a shadow of a doubt. I think every uh-huh. ex-Newcastle player has got a story to say about Keegan's motivation. But you, you can't overlook, you know, his tactics because ultimately... 99% of the time you got it right and I'd love to spend time you know just reminiscing about the the seasons that we had coming so <laughs> close but that, that would be deemed a form of torture I think for most Newcastle fans <laughs> thinking about what could have been and, and what is yet to come I mean we're, we're, you know we're standing on the edge of potentially being this this challenging club once again albeit in different circumstances but um, you know the strange thing about Keegan is that we did see a return of the Messiah um, but Kevin Keegan was still unable to save Newcastle from the really dark times under Mike Ashley which of course is all 13 years of it I'll, I'll go to you Mark with this one when Keegan came back did you think that it almost had disaster written all over it I do I, I must admit I remember where I was when I got told he was coming back and I remember thinking straight away I just didn't get a feel for it Um I don't know why, but I think with Keegan, he had been out of the game too long. And I just thought to myself, why would he want to risk, um, you know, how well thought of he was and how well he did at Newcastle? Why would he want to risk that and come back um, so long out of the game? And ultimately, we were still in the, the, the sort of the first period of my Ashley weren't we? We had just had um I think I'd only owned the club for what, eight or nine months and obviously Allardyce had Allardyce had just left and he'd he'd kind of come in at the start of that season when we had uh you know Oberfemi Martins firing in all cylinders and, and we actually looked all right at the start of that season. But um I was reading an article the other day just saying how it went from bad to worse. We had that mild resurgence in that game against Stoke I mentioned where we beat them four one in FA Cup replay, but um Sunderland 2-0 I remember was it we, yeah we won, two. we won the derby but I mean just looking just at him. Keegan's season it took him ages to get his first win in that yeah. I remember him yeah. running down the uh, the line with a, a bottle of Lucasade trying to squirt it and they couldn't get the lid off and it was <laughs> it was just kind of it kind of sums up how, how most of those games went um, yeah. I, I went to a game at the start of the, the relegation season where the, one of the games when Keegan was in charge and I think it was Bolton who we just yeah. beat 1-0 with an own goal towards the end and my dad actually turned to me at that game and said I'm sorry son but we're going down this year and that, that was before Keegan had even left so right. the, the standard of football and 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 kind of the, the, the ripping apart of all the work that had been done to that team who were competing in Europe not so long ago was just gone so I mean it, it never really looked good for Keegan um, do you think it was mainly down to what Mark said there, uh, Decker, about the the lack of time out of the game, or was it just that the players weren't in it? Um, well, it's a combination of everything, I think, isn't it? Really, I think definitely uh, when you've been out as long. You see, the thing is that when you are when you are Keegan, you've, 
if you imagine him sitting in the house thinking, right, okay, I've came back as a player once and saved her. I've came back as a manager, saved her. I, he probably feels a little bit invincible. Like I, I would personally, and I'd be thinking, you know, it's actually I can go here and I can create another another story, another part of history. Yeah, well, he inspired um, he inspired Joe Kinnear to take uh, a return to football <laughs> after many years out, and, that, and look how that went. So just a yeah, long right. run of uh, successful decisions. But um, I think yeah. the, the issue you had at that time was is that Keegan, and, and I, I don't I don't admit this. Sound like a fault here, but keep it feels good to gift. So give your dad the one for all gift card this Father's Day and let him choose the gift he wants. With a hundred plus brands to choose from and zero fees, there's no need to play the guessing game to show your appreciation. You know he'll get the gift he wants, and making his day will make your day. Gifting feels good with the one for all gift card. Available in store and at giftcards.com. See giftcards.com for terms and conditions. And obviously, at that point, was wanting. I believe he was looking at Lampard, and you know what I mean. He's looking at like his his ambitions were not met by those above. So you know, maybe Keegan also was not prepared for what actually he was walking into. Well, Keegan anyway, was he Ke- Keegan was looking at Modric, I think, wasn't he, Mark? Was yeah. That, yeah, he, he, yeah. He had he had Modric on the cards, and Dennis Wise said no. Um, and, and you know, the, the the rest is history. Ignacio well, Gonzalez onwards. The hardest one for me to accept was um, you, you wanted Jonathan Woodgate back and I always remember um, it wasn't long after he had become the manager and I think we played um, maybe in Arsenal and he was interviewed before the game and he said mm-hmm. we've, we've, he looked really really upset and I looked and I thought there's something not right here because he said unfortunately we've lost him but, um, and, and the truth be known when he's released his book recently it's, it's all come out he's, he's said um, you know the wages. What Keegan said, what he thought had been agreed with Woodgate and his agent, uh, when he had the initial chat with uh, with Woodgate, everything was sorted. But unfortunately, behind his back is is what became from the future. Um, they, they, they went behind his back and offered him peanuts, and Woodgate went, "Well, why on earth would I leave Middlesbrough and come to Newcastle on less wages?" And, and Keegan, that was the first signs. You know, within weeks of him getting the job. And um, you know you you have only got to look at the end of the season as well when I think it was was it after we played Chelsea and we got beaten Keegan you know went public and said well so far off the top uh, top four top six or whatever you want to call it that um, you know he went public and, and that, that was the first bit of fallout wasn't it and mm-hmm. to, to be honest I, th- I think that summer was probably a blessing that it, it came around quickly because it gave everyone time to uh, gather the thoughts. Yeah, but, but unfortunately, you give Mike Ash and his cronies time to, you know, plan plan an exit for Keegan. That's yeah. a sad thing, isn't it? It was almost yeah. it was almost over so quickly that it, it's it's not thought about, which is probably good because any longer and it might have really tainted it for how we cherish Keegan. Um, maybe were we going to get to a point where the football was so bad under Keegan because he'd been out the game so long that, that we would start turning on him? It is possible, you know. People did it to Bobby Robson. You know, it kind of goes back to what we said at the start about the honesty of of Kevin Keegan. He comes and speaks to the fans, and since leaving Newcastle once again, um, the courts have been made into the flag that we saw uh, go out across the Gallagher with war flags providing that court. And that court has always been in the background, um, and 
it hits home more than ever now that we are about to get our club back um, you know some people might disagree that we're not getting our club back entirely if you look at where the money's coming from but that's another story for another day <laughs> that I am not qualified to get into um, they're talking about stands getting renamed I think a lot of fans have been outraged that Keegan's name has never uh, been anywhere at all uh, in the grounds when you've got Joe Harvey Kevin Keegan Jackie Milburn out there already people are talking about a statue these are all the things that will obviously maybe happen uh, in years to come but the one thing that everyone's talking about is this ambassador role do, do you know kind of what the ambassador does Decker because it's not really a, a role that I, I know too much about at football clubs so I had to, I researched it a little bit because obviously <clears throat> I think sometimes the, the role itself people think that they're just kind of to other world and, and sell the name of the club and and why it's so good to be there. But I, I was reading a little bit today say, also that it's they work within the community as well in terms of um, you know likes of um, schools and stuff like that and uh, <clears throat> to try and get kids on on board in regards to joining the, any academy that might be running. And again, it, it kind of really is selling the name of the brand of the club. Um, obviously we've never had anyone like that before because Ashley's not really interested in increasing her brand is he really in that sense unless it's sports direct but um, so really it would be the, the good thing is and we've talked about this year that week on the podcast was I'd, no offence to him but I don't want him to be in a, in a position where he can do any damage and, and you know what I mean and in this type of role here he's out there selling the name in Newcastle he's going to be you know going into schools community centres working in any sort of charity events and things like that what, there's nobody more I think in, in the world that you'd want selling the, the name of Newcastle United than Kevin Keegan um, and I think again it would get all of the fans immediately on board with the new owners getting him involved again in the club because he's been out of it for so long um, and I, I just think it's a, it's the perfect role for him at this stage I really do it's fantastic he should have been doing it years ago we all know of course. that but uh, I think it's really good and, and kind of like looking at that is there any other like ambassadors that have represented other clubs do you know anything about that kind of thing Mark? Um, I'm, I'm, as far as I'm aware I'm sure um Bobby Charlton's been ambassador for many years at uh, Man United. Yeah. And um, wasn't Kenny Daglish the ambassador? Or oh, he might be now since he, after his second spell as manager, he, he could be. He was up there, wasn't he? He was, yeah. But then, then again, we, we don't really want that to happen where it gets to the point where he becomes manager all of a sudden <laughs> yeah, at any point. So uh, Keegan maybe trying to sneak into the dugout. But um, yeah, I mean, th this role seems perfect, but certainly having Keegan around like you say, Decker, is going to be one of those instant wins. Um, do you think that there would be a case of the statues and stands, or do you think that that's maybe going a bit over the top? Um, it, it's not going over the top. Uh, you know, I, I think it's it, it should happen, but I think it, in, the, in the short term, it won't happen, if that makes sense. I think it will just be uh, this role. But as I mentioned, I think last week was, I thought that the East Stand is a, is a, is a perfect example of where there's an opportunity there for, for that stand to be named, the Kevin Keegan stand or something like that. A statue, of course, would, would be great. Um, you know, it, it's, as I said before, I just feel that he is the most important person that we've ever had. And, and we've just spoke for the last 10, 15 minutes about all of the fantastic times and great things that he's done for the club. And it's such a shame that we haven't got anything named after him in, around the ground, even a pub, even a bar, a stand, a statue, just nothing. And I think that's absolutely criminal, like, to be honest. So this, this is hopefully the, the first stage of that relationship getting itself repaired, like so. I, th I think I think that was right there. I th I th it goes without saying that the reason why there isn't anything there now is because of his, his fallout with Mike Ashley. I mean, Christ, he, he sued him for two million quid. He wanted twenty five, and he got two. So you know, that's that's, a, that's an achievement for for Kevin Keegan. But you lads know as well as I do that 
there is some unfinished business in regards to, let's say, decorating the ground or or the the, the outside of the ground. And you know, even the Joe Harvey plaque, it's it's not good enough for yeah. for what yeah. Joe Harvey achieved. Um, it's interesting he's mentioned the stand. I totally agree that. I think the stand is the perfect stand for him. I would wouldn't change the name of the Leasers of the Gallagher. For me, they should always remain the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I put a little bit of a um, a little bit of a debate up on Twitter the other day following the the, the death of Norman Hunter at Leeds. Because they have named one of their stands after Norman Hunter, mm-hmm. and um, I just sort of retweeted and said, "I don't know how far up in the, the pecking order Norman Hunter is as a legend at Leeds. However, if Newcastle are going to name a stand, it's got to be for Kevin Keegan." Mm-hmm. And I own up, up a huge can of worms because a lot of people go, "Well, no, it's got to be Bobby Robson, it's got to be Joe Harvey, it's got to be." I'm, I'm with that all the way here. Yeah, maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe it's because it was the most exciting time I've ever had supporting Cass United, you know, between 92 and probably 90, 96, 90, we'll say 97. Yeah. But, but for me, from a personal point of view, there's no other man who is more deserving of a, of a stand. And I include Alan Shearer in that. Yeah. Um, because Kevin Keegan galvanised the football club twice. Yeah. And if he, can, if he comes back as an ambassador... And plays a part in a third time, with the fans are already on board anyway. Because you know, as, as you're probably aware, the trust did a did a poll. Ninety seven percent of the of the trust uh, members voted in favour. There is going to be um, you know morals, ethics, whatever you want to talk about. There's there's issues issues with who's who the owners are, but ultimately. We're football supporters. We haven't got the answers for that, you know. Yeah, definitely right. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. if Keegan is part of let's say, a revolutionising of Newcastle United Football Club, and there's, there's no other person who would fit the bill better. I, I put a, a, a video on, you might have seen it probably on my Twitter, it was a, a clip I found on YouTube, and it was the day when Alan Shearer signed, and right. it's the press conference of when Shearer signed, uh, and I've only snipped like about a minute's worth of that, and I've put it on Twitter, and if you listen to Keegan for that 60 seconds, it's just like, you just cannot help but like, I'm, I get Spine tingling, back, I would you know, describe it, really it as the way he talks it really about is, it, yeah. it's, I mean, for me, he I was... It. He was the one that got it, but so did Robson, to be fair, Robson did yeah. as well, of course, and Rafa as well, he got it, yeah. but I think Keegan, Keegan really, really got it, he knew what it meant to us, and he's just a legend like I really kind of speak highly of him like to be honest it's interesting what you said Mark about the Norman Hunter thing and I mean you know we, we've got a statue of Bobby Robson um, pretty similar to what Ipswich have got and I think that's a great tribute you know it's the it's the thing that all the fans see as you're walking up that little hill there uh, everyone's stopping to get photos That that is kind of uh, a tribute paid uh, so to speak um, Jackie Milburn got moved up to the ground um, off uh, St James's Boulevard uh, and, and yeah Joe Harvey probably deserves something in there I, I imagine Bob Moncur uh, at some point for all the work that he's been doing uh, on and off the pitch uh, certainly in recent years um, and, and yeah the, the next obvious one would be Keegan so you, you look at Leeds Norman Hunter stand they've got they've got a statue of Billy Bremner uh, out of the stadium and, and you know him and Norman Hunter same era um, same impacts under the, the Don Revy years um, so I, I don't think it matters what happens but there needs to be something yeah and I, I think that's for sure. But this ambassador role, I mean, we've already said it, it, he's the perfect man for the job. Just while we're here, um, if we're looking at instant wins that the new regime can bring in straight away, apart from the obvious stuff of marquee signings and stuff, in terms of engaging the fans and getting them on board, what what can they do um, as well as the stuff with, with Keegan? Um, well, well, for me... 
they've got to, you know, improve, you know, the communication with the supporters. That's first and foremost. We've got, we've had no relationship with, with, uh, without sounding corny here, we've had no relationship with, with a thing, an object, a, a people mm. we love. But, you know, there's no affinity. I'm not afraid to say this, but I've got no affinity with any of them footballers. And, and the reason why is because you start, you grow to love people and you grow, you grow to really, really like appreciate a footballer. But you know, under Mike Ashley, one week they could be there, the following week they could be told. There was yeah. no yeah. sort of plan, there was no vision. So I think collectively there's so much we can cherry pick at and go, well, that needs to improve, this needs to be looked at. But you mentioned Marquis Sainz, that's. The actual football side of it is the last thing on my mind at the moment, to be perfectly honest with you. Because yeah. mm. I just think, let's let's go back to basic. What what worked under under go back to Keegan? What worked? Keegan come back and Sir John Holcombe. What worked? He basically the effect as, as Decker said earlier. What, whatever he said, people you know stopped, listened to, hung on his every word. So to, to Kevin Keegan, you've you've got to you've got to look. The, the, full, the full pitch. I mean, I don't know how you lads feel about Steve Bruce, but for me, he should never have been anywhere near a job like Newcastle United, based yeah. based on his based on his history as a manager. Simple as that. So, so for me, you've got you've got to start at the top, work way down to the bottom, but also work from the bottom up. And the bottom up is people like us who pay with money, go to the game, show our loyalty, will get. But, you know, we've been we've been kicked in the face over the last 12, 13 years so many times. You know. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I I, I agree totally. I, I think um, I think it's overall PR from from the club in terms of from the top in terms of the messages that are coming out. Yeah. Um, I feel that it's been a, a wall of silence for for thirteen years, and and that has to change. And I think what is very difficult though the current climate of the the lockdown and everything that's going on with COVID nineteen is it's, it's going to be really difficult for them to come in and make immediate changes in a sense if that if you know what I mean because um, yeah. they can't even they can't even get the keys to the building like um, so. But I think in terms of PR, social media reports, maybe press linking in with fans, trusts and things like that. I don't know, but it has to be that has to be the first point of call that they have to really be on top of um, to. to to try and re- reunite everybody. Everyone's going to be reunited for a period anyway because Ashley's gone, period. Like, you know, everyone's going to be over the moon. But we can't just rest on that and then we'll know that, of course. They're not stupid. Um, and it's it's about making sure that that bond between fans and the club and that connection is back as quick as possible. I think I think from what, what I've heard so far, um, you know, it, it's all positive. You know, I, I believe Stevie will communicate with uh, supporters. Um, whatever method or who she uses to do that, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But mm-hmm. from what, what from what I'm learning and what I'm hearing, it's it's positive. I, I think they want to get it right from the off. They want to, you know, reinvigorate the whole place. That they, they want to make sure that yes, ultimately we're going to watch a game of football, but you want to feel a part of that. And I think we'll, we'll, the three of us and thousands of others will agree. We went to football games, but have we really felt a part of it? No, definitely not. It's. Um, I see Newcastle as a bottle of Coke, and the Saudis are about to drop a Mentos inside of it, um, and, and that, that's kind of I think the thing that Mike Ashley's been starving us of. If you want a decent analogy, you can write that down. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that's pretty much it, guys. Just just kind of looking at what might not happen. I mean, you know, at the minute it is just speculation with Keegan and things like that. But if it wasn't the ambassador role, is there another role that he could slip into, or another thing that he could advise with? Do you reckon? Because I, I couldn't off the top of my head. <laughs> for me, um, for me uh, sorry, Dad, I just... No, no, you me, go along. 
for me, he's got to be around the club in some format. He's he's made it clear he would never step a foot back in the place until Ashley was gone. Um, so for me, I've I've been to I went to a talking a charity event last year and he was there. He's done numerous over the years. He's again he's still like the pipe pipe. I I don't get starstruck, but when I seen him last year, I couldn't. I just looked. I thought Michael J for hope for the Warriors started back in 06 at Camp Lejeune. Military families witnessing the effects of war on their loved ones. Now almost 20 years later, they've aided over 53,000 service members, veterans, and families with confidential. High-quality behavioral health care services at little or no cost to post 9-11 vets and their families. Over 91% of every dollar donated goes directly to the programs. If you're as concerned about our heroes as I am, go to hopeforthewarriors.org. Kevin Keegan. And I just, mm-hmm. me, heart, me heart just skipped another beat. It's, again, it sounds corny. Kevin Keegan, for me, could do any job in that in that club. As, lo- as, long, as long as he's a part of it, I... I it, it's just even even if he was doing the stand up for the corporates or something like that, you know, just yeah. just being a part of the club again. And you know what he's like. It would probably take him three hours to get into the ground. He'd probably get sacked for not turning <laughs> up on time, you know, because that's what he's like. He he wants to be around the supporters and he wants to be around the club. And yes, Ambassador Rowe, happy days, great. Um, but if there isn't a role for him, just make him welcome. Make make sure yeah. that he can basically the, the keys to the door. Just get yourself in whenever you want, Kevin. I think so, that the what I was just about to say there, just you know, looking at Kevin Keegan. But you look at the amount of people, uh, players, ex-players, and staff who have been wronged by the last thirteen years. Just knowing that they are able to go on the pitch more um, do the whole actual face of and, 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 and they feel comfortable coming back I'm talking about the likes of Alan Shearer even, even so much the likes of I don't know like Joey Barton and, and Kevin Nolan the people that fell out so badly with this regime they're going to have a fresh start and they're all going to want to be like right we are all totally on board with this and I think the other key thing is that you're not going to have these apologists anywhere I think it's going to be really nice to I mean even Shola to some extent when he's on the TV talking about Newcastle he has to say the right things just like Les Ferdinand does to, to keep him you know safe uh, it means that he will get asked to do it and, and they'll be happy with him doing it just to know that no one is speaking with that burden on the back of not wanting to you know rock the boats uh, with Newcastle it's going to be more open and I think it's just going to just Oh, I, I, oh, you're, you're right. All, yeah, all of that. It's just—it's like possibility uh, realized. I think I, d- I described Ashley's reign as unfulfilled. It just applies to so much. It was like we could have done so much more. We saw glimmers of it under Pardew, but so many bad things in quick succession that you just can't get your head around. Totally agree. I think you alluded to Pardew there. Um, even even that year was still under a cloud though, wasn't it? Because Absolutely. there was so much going off, you know, off the field. I can't I can't remember the years exactly, but you know there was there was something happening in regards to the stadium, the stadium naming rights. Or oh, it was it was Sports Direct something yeah. at that point. And I mean, you know, the other thing was we knew that we were going to finish high that season, but the, we knew that the season after that we might lose eight of those players. God exactly. knows. And then, we, you know, we, we saw it kind of slowly fall away. But, um, you know, like, like I said, lads, we, we could keep going, but um, I think we've kind of covered all bases. Um, was there anything else you just wanted to add just about kind of like a closing line for for Keegan there, Decker? Um, 
Just that I love him like he's my own father. Um, that's alone. <laughs> when you look at the amount just, of kids that were called Keegan in the wake of uh, his reign, you know, you look around the northeast. Uh, yeah, I just think touching just lastly what you said there about about the the overall feeling and stuff. I think the the darkest cloud ever is, is is hopefully about to be gone and as you've said there'll be ex-professionals ex-players ex-managers they'll all hopefully feel welcome again to come to the club hopefully all the fans will be enjoying to go back to the game again um and there'll be some you know nice reports in the papers right well there's there's going to be issues with the media but i'm not going to go into that but let's just hope collectively when 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 this goes through if keegan comes back as ambassador what if what if, if that's announced quickly as well and that's the first one of the first things that them do the whole city is going to be behind them and everyone's going to be absolutely like ecstatic with the decision it's very exciting signings coming in holding the black and white shirt we hope you know Keegan will be having some sort of pictures with everyone as this kind of like I mean I mean, similar to what Moncur does now he'll kind of become the 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 face of the club and, and that is all we've really wanted I know I know it seems like a, a really simple thing but that is kind of the effect there but um Let's just see what happens. <laughs> we could listen. Roll we'll on next back. week. Roll on next yes. week. Yeah, roll on to the next day, uh, and the one after that, and the one after that, and the one after that. Um, <laughs> thanks for uh, coming, coming, guys, and um, thanks as well, especially yourself, Mark. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about the Twitter page that you do? If no one's heard about it, yeah, it, it's basically a, a Twitter page I set up about four or five years ago. Essentially, um, it was set up on the back of. Uh, being disillusioned with a with a, a Mike Ashley ran Newcastle United, which is coincidentally what we're talking about now, because hopefully it's at the end. But uh, yeah, it was it was just a, a, a picture and a video page set up at first, uh, YouTube, Facebook, and then obviously got onto Twitter. And what I'm trying to do is not engage with current affairs, though, because I end up arguing more about that. I like to just talk <laughs> about the good old days. But hopefully. Hopefully we'll we'll be talking about even better days, lads. So uh, lovely, the yeah, lovely eighties years covered there that people can really sink the teeth into the success of, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, um, I appreciate the invite. I really do, lads. Been good to good to speak to you at last. Any time, no Mark. Uh, I think we prefer, prefer you to the other Mark, to be honest, Decker, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, and on that note, yeah, I, I believe the Old Smiling Faces podcast is back soon, but there's loads more coming from the channel. Uh, thank you for sticking with us during this very tough time. We're trying to get as much content out there as we can, but uh, there's a lot to talk about all of a sudden, which is very typical of Newcastle. So uh, away the lads and uh, enjoy your cans. I'll speak to you soon. Michael J. for Hope for the Warriors. Started back in 06 at Camp Lejeune. Military families witnessing the effects of war on their loved ones. Now, almost 20 years later, they've aided over 53,000 service members, veterans, and families with confidential, high-quality behavioral health care services at little or no cost to post-9-11 vets and their families. Over 91% of every dollar donated goes directly to the programs. If you're as concerned about our heroes as I am, go to hopeforthewarriors.org Sports Social Podcast Network